0: Welcome to this episode of InFlight. I'm your host Sol Vashez. Boy, it has been a while since we have sat down and had an InFlight episode. I am so sorry for that, but as you guys know, we had a whole entire simulator release. So things, of course, were very busy around that time and getting InFlight episodes wasn't exactly the priority. So thank you guys so much for sticking with us uh, during this time of silence. We have a great episode ahead of us today and we have a great lineup of guests coming this way so Inflight is coming back and we're going to be releasing regularly as soon as we possibly can and we have some great guests coming on as i said we're taking it back to explain for this episode but the guests that we have in the future are msfs focused so if you are interested in that please stay tuned because we have great guests coming on the way our guests today are joe and matheson who are the two primary people behind SimVR Labs. Now you may be asking yourself, what is SimVR Labs? Well, SimVR Labs is a group of people who help to bring VR to x They're VR lovers. They have a group, a-, a club actually, on our forum, the Threshold Forum. And they help out people in bringing VR to their aircraft. And also they help other aircraft developers bring VR to their aircraft right out of the box. They're a really, really great group. So, we spent this entire episode talking to them about VR in Xplane and also MSFS, talking about the advantages it has, the disadvantages it has, and how they all got started in doing this for Xplane developers and Xplane users. So, please help me welcome Joe and Matheson from SimVR Labs. Joe and Matheson, thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Doing well. Thanks for having me.
1: I'm great. Thanks for inviting
0: us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for reaching out um, to us and bringing, making your presence known amongst the, the two in-flight hosts. <laughs> so uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves because as I just alluded to, I didn't know about SimVR Labs until you reached out to us. And I'm sure that that sentiment is also shared amongst some of our listeners. So tell us um, about what you guys do, how you guys got into it, um, and maybe after that, if you guys want to just get into a little bit about yourselves as well um, and the type of people you are.
2: Sure, um, I'll go. Uh, I'm Joe and uh, I started uh, SimVR Labs uh, back in um, what would have been April 2018, which is when uh, X-Plane 11.20 was in beta and it was the beginning of vr in x-plane and uh it just so happened that uh the christmas before that i got a um oculus rift cv1 and uh vr totally changed my world right with with flight sims um at the at the time uh dcs was the only um the only way i had tried vr in a flight sim and it it totally like transformed everything that um that I was uh, about in flight sims. Right. So, uh, I've been simming for a long time. I'm 39 years old. Uh, and I've been doing this since I was 12. Right. So FS 4 FS 5.0. Um, and so one of my dreams has always been to have a full size cockpit, right. And, uh, all the switches, all the knobs and have them in all the places in the cockpit that they would really be. And so when you reach over to, you know, uh, you know stir the you know reset the bleeds when you reach up to reset the bleeds uh i wanted those bleeds to be right where they should be and i wanted to reach as far over into the cockpit to actually flip those switches as you would in real life and so i wanted to build this giant uh cockpit well uh that takes a lot of money obviously i mean people were doing it back in the day and um uh right out of high school uh instead of making a lot of money i went into the marine corps and so uh, i was in the military and uh actually at the time in the military was was uh, the only time i had really had enough money saved up to actually make the dream happen but then i'm in the military and like i'm moving from base to base who wants to take this giant cockpit with them or whatever and then uh you know after i got out of the military um the dream kind of died because uh, life is life and it costs a lot of money to live. And so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, so uh, so yeah, so then um, my wife uh, ends up buying me this, these VR goggles and next thing you know, I've got these controllers in my hand and literally I'm sitting in the Saab, the leading edge Saab 340 and to reset the bleeds, I, I have to reach out as far as you would in real life and I'm like, holy freaking crap like i am in the plane it's not like i'm like looking at a 2d window of the plane i'm like in the plane so it's like total game changer for me and yeah like i mean you know you trade some visual like resolution and like some blurriness for the immersion Mm -hmm. but uh the immersion was just it was it for me like it was totally so anyway uh so i'm in this thing and, and 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 x plane uh Baby VR comes out, right? It's in its, in its infancy. And uh, I'm sitting in, like, the, the Cessna 172, that X-Plane, uh, the default one. And it's fine. Like, all the levers work and everything. But then when I jump into, like, an add-on plane, it's all jacked. Right. The whole thing is like it's just it just feel. And I know if you guys listening have, uh, you know, tried an add on aircraft that's not VR ready, you know what I'm talking about. All the switches are like either backwards or super touchy or like they're they're (laughs) not even like close to like how you would switch them in real life. And the levers like you're you're lifting up and down to something that you should be pushing in and out. And so it's just like (laughs) all wrong. And so I'm like, well, this can't be. How it is, and so I I, 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 you know, I waited for a little bit because I'm not very patient with this stuff. But I waited for a little bit to see if devs were going to get on board and like update their aircraft. And mm-hmm. I found out quickly that no one knew how to do it. Like, like it wasn't that they didn't want to; it was that that, that no one knew how. And so I'm like, right. okay, I've got to figure this thing out. So I took it upon myself to you know sit back and figure it out. Literally, I I took the uh, the the Baron B 58, the default one, it was messed up and it's a laminar default aircraft, but it was all messed up. You couldn't do the magnetos when you tried to like do a mag check, it was so twitchy that you would go from both to off and cut the engine trying to do the mag check. I'm like, I can't even so. And this is laminar, like it wasn't even right. And so, I'm like, yeah, the people who who made the VR, yeah, people that made the VR possible. I'm like, why? I'm like, how and so I'm I start going switch by switch, man, lever by lever, trying to figure it out like what makes this thing tick? Like what is it that mm-hmm. makes this thing more sensitive or less sensitive? Is it possible for me to find a number in some file somewhere? Because X is like this giant like science project anyway. And so <laughs> these files are like you can just open them, most of them with like a text editor and start doing stuff with them. I mean, everybody kind of kinda knows that if you've dug into X Plane. And so Uh, There's a thing um, called a VR config, and I learned about that. And then I learned about manipulators uh, in another object file that are in all these uh, aircraft folders. And and so once I learned a little bit about it, uh, I had a decision to make, right? So the decision is I have this knowledge. I feel like I have a little bit more knowledge than any of the other devs out there in the the VR world, right? I was I was literally the tip of the spear on this thing, right? And so I started fixing up a few aircraft. I, I, I fixed up the Baron and um, a, a few other little ones, and then I jumped right into the Sob because that's my that's still my favorite of all time, right? Uh, the Sob. And so I jumped into it, and that one that one took me like a month. It took it literally took me a month to 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 fix. Now I know that doesn't sound like it's that much time in like the flight simulator development world. But for this, for this type of work, it is like, it's, it's a dizzying amount of time because of how tedious this could be. Right. Matheson It's just, Oh, definitely. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, bad. I'm at, yeah. I mean, yeah. so I'm, I'm sitting there and I remember getting lightheaded at how much work I have to put into this thing and how much I still don't know. Like I, I knew enough to fix a switch, but I have no idea how to like, fix a yoke or like the yoke wasn't even like grabbable like you'd reach out with your controller to try to touch some of this stuff just wasn't even like there like it was there physically but there was no like manipulator spot to grab and click and hold and move and i'm like man what am i going to do so uh i started uh reaching out to different people uh in the in the community and and one of them was uh uh, Jan Martin Kroll from Stairport Sceneries. This dude was a was a godsend to me because he told me the missing link, uh, which was a 3D uh, it was a 3D modeling software that taught me about animations and stuff. And then I figured out how to uh, grab uh, how to get like uh, other how to how to basically make click spots for things that don't have click spots. Once I figured that out, I was just like boom! I just like I just went all over the place fixing up this aircraft. And so when I released it, everybody's like, oh my gosh, dude, you are a magician, like all these different things. And and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm like, I just have like a ton of knowledge. Now, when you have that kind of knowledge and no one else has it, you you really only have two options of what to do with it. Number one, you can turn it into money, right? So I could start selling these mods and, and making right. money on it or something, right? Um, or... I need to get this knowledge out there I need to a get get the stuff out there for people to enjoy because i 'm a huge believer and preacher of v r right and so people need to people need to buy in um to it because I knew that there was people out there that were that were that were putting the v r goggles in on getting blown away by the experience and then getting completely turned off because they tried to push the throttle forward and it didn't go forward and then they lift it up and it went forward and they're like, ah, that's not even close to real. So they took the goggles off and that was it. And I'm like, I can't let that happen. Like people need to, people need to like jump on this, man. This is the future. So anyway, so, uh, my, my choice was not to, uh, make money. My choice was to, uh, be generous and because, um, there's a, well, there's, there's several reasons, uh, but one was mostly because Flight Sim has done like so much f- for me. Like it really has. Like the the community and um, and just the friends that I've made in the Flight Sim community have always just kind of like uh, kept me grounded through like some really dark times in my life. And so uh, this was my way of uh, giving back. Um, so, anyway, uh, I did that and then I started making tutorial videos. And then I started, um, you know, basically I, I made a Discord channel and I made a Facebook group and then I made a website. And then <laughs> I realized that I'm, I, I suck at like managing all that stuff, and my website ended up lapsing on its like hosting in like the first couple months and people are like oh your website is now a GoDaddy site i'm like what and so so <laughs> like uh yeah so that's how i ended up on the threshold uh <laughs> site uh, you know as a club right because i saw that uh, audio bird and some other like uh prominent people are doing are, are like going that way and so i'm like yeah i'll just jump on this threshold thing and get on the Get on the club, and um, and it's been great. I mean, uh, so – but, yeah, there's so there's a lot of uh, tutorial videos <laughs> and stuff about how I did what I did. And then Matheson was like my first he, – he literally – I think, Matheson, were you my first protege? Yeah. Yeah, yep. you taught me absolutely everything. Yeah. So he was my fr- – like, he's my – uh that was my uh, sim vr learners is what i called them <laughs> so but anyway uh yeah i had a bunch of uh, that the, i the, like <laughs> i would sit and do like just take like uh hours and hours with people and just uh teach them how to do what i did and 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 hopefully uh i know that a lot of developers have uh have upped their game on their the vr compatibility of their aircraft that they put out there um and i you know i i I hope that i can say that i had some something to do with that uh and something to hang my hat on but at the same time uh we still have a long way to go as a lot of you know
3: hold on let me jump in here for a second because i'm sitting here listening to your story with my mouth wide open that's an absolutely fascinating story from start to finish. I kid you not, I'm not even making that up. And I don't even use VR yet. And I say yet, but what I'm hearing you saying is that you wanted a full-fledged cockpit setup, which every simmer wants, but just can't afford or, you know, whatever. And you're saying the minute you tried VR, you're literally at to self, you're self-taught to get everything working the way you wanted it. And um, that's fascinating to me because I got to ask you, do you still want the full-fledged cockpit or VR, it is, is it for you now?
2: No, VR is it for me, man. The uh, I, I can't, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, so what I do in my in my mm-hmm. actual real-life job is uh, I uh, put together big LED screens. I work for a company called Neody and Neody uh, manufactures these LED panels that go together to make huge screens. And uh, one of our one of our potential clients is uh, Q4. I think is their name. We went to their anyway. Their uh, we went to their um, place, and they they manufacture giant giant cockpits for these like commercial sims. Right, it's this big oh. deal. It's this big motion simulator, and it's like this three D projection like thing that's like wrap around, yeah. and it's all this crazy stuff. And man, we went there, and we were quoting we were quoting curved LED screens for to to do their thing with because they were trying. That's kind of the way of the future for that industry. But anyway, um, nah, man, I went there and I was talking to him, and I was sitting there, and and we were talking about all that. And I just I straight up told him like I didn't want to just like say, man. But I just told them I said, I would rather be in the VR goggles with the controllers. Oh, jeez. And, oh, and and they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, man, have yeah. you tried X-Plane? And they're like, no. And so I told – and I, I I kid you not. I got an email from them two weeks later that said, we tried X-Plane in VR. We're interested in more. Can you help us? We have questions.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. So,
2: yeah. So I'm telling you, man, like VR is such a game changer. It really is. and uh, you know the biggest I was well to me, the, the biggest thing that I hear against VR, and Matheson, correct me if I'm wrong. But the biggest thing that I hear about VR that's against it is the resolution when you're trying to do things like uh, IFR, and you have to like write down things on a kneeboard and and you're like trying to talk to ATC and they're giving you frequencies and you're trying to make frequency changes. And there's a lot of little text that you have to look at and keep track of on in, in an IFR scenario. And a lot of people would trade the immersion to get back that resolution and clarity and like simplicity of just a mouse and like, being out of the goggles, right? Is that, would you say that's correct, Matheson? Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Um, I think my, my biggest issue is, well, at least when I'm flying online, is that um, like I'll I'll talk to ATC and I'll say clearance to wherever. Well, I'm in VR, right? I can't have a pen and paper with me and, and look down and freehand this this clearance down that I can't see. So I need something that I can physically write on or at least be able to see what I'm doing, without really taking the the headset off. And I think that's the biggest challenge for me, and that's the thing that is really quite demoralizing from time to time. Is you just you just can't see what you're doing.
3: I mean, I got I got tons of questions. I mean, even before we even get that deep into the VR and what it is capable of and not. Um, Um, i stream and every now and again people come up and say hey do you do vr stuff i'm like no i don't do it and my usual answer is i feel like once i go vr i'm not going to want to go back to a regular 3d 2d cockpit is that really the case or i can i switch back and forth Uh, i don't think anyone that
1: well if you have a a good experience with vr for the very first time i don't think you'll ever go back to flying a
0: desk again
3: oh i'm in trouble (laughs) wow
0: yeah i mean I mean, if if this is anything for you, Norm, too, I have, I literally just tried VR this year. I went to PAX right before the virus got uh, super bad. And I tried out the, uh, the Vive there. And they had Beat Saber playing. And I've seen people play Beat Saber like all the time. Um, Alex, who is our COO, plays Beat Saber a lot. Not as much anymore, but It was kind of used to be the running joke that he'd play it like religiously and it looked kind of fun and I didn't, but I didn't fully understand it. And I just have to say like, I could spend literal hours doing that. And that's just something as simple as having these wands in your hand and hitting these blocks and directions. So I can't even imagine what it's like for a flight simulator. But I also think that what we were touching on just now with that whole thing where it's it's difficult because there are some trade-offs to being in vr such as requesting a clearance and not being able to write things down i feel like that's going to change really soon because companies are already really expanding with augmented reality and it feels as if they're trying to combine augmented reality with virtual reality to bring even more experiences as as two people who are a lot more in the vr game um and norman i aren't as much would you say that that's true that it's 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 coming and those shortcomings will sh- soon be I resolved think absolutely
1: um both major headsets the rift and the vive allow you to press a button open up a menu and then turn on the the front-facing cameras but i mean the cameras aren't really good enough to so the point that you can see your own writing but uh like it's going in the, in the right direction. So once those cameras and then the display and the headset actually increases in in quality, then you'll you'll be able to press a button, write down your experience with a real pen and paper, look at it, read it, read it back to ATC, and then be able to have that as a reference later on.
2: Yeah, there's there's also but we're just not quite there yet. Yeah the the programming in sim. Has a lot to do with it too. For example, there's a there's a, a a game out that's considered one of the biggest AAA games in VR right now called Half Time uh, Half Life Alex right. And so, I got Half Life Alex because uh, I'm a big fan. And the very first part, the opening part of Half Life Alex, is they drop you uh, just outside this little house, and then you turn around and you go in the house, and there's a window, and the window's kind of dirty. And just under the window is a ledge with an eraser and a dry erase marker. And I spent about two and a half hours doing nothing but just jaw dropped drawing on this dirty window with this dry erase marker and just being blown away. At the precision that I had, like the art I was making on this thing was crazy. And you can go on YouTube and you can see that teachers are using this little scene with this window and this dry erase marker to literally teach math to their students on zoom right now, right Mm. during the pandemic and stuff. And so if they can write all that, then of course, what does my mind go to? It goes to a knee board. I'm like, man, all we need is a knee board and the ability to have that kind of precision in the game to follow the tracking of the, uh, of the the hand controller and then you can write down your stuff. I mean, there's something sort of like that right now with Avatab in VR where you can write notes, but it's so it's just kind of like it's again, it's baby VR, it's infancy, like it's infant stuff And, and you know, Laminar's got so many other things going on that we can't expect that that's going to get any better anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And so we do the best we can as add on developers, uh, like Foco who made the, uh, Avatab and things like that. Just, just things to try to make things better. And that's what right now, that's kind of what it's all about. And that's what Laminar is leaning on a lot is a lot of, uh, the third party, uh, people to really make VR as best as it could be in X play.
1: Well, absolutely. I've, um, there's, sorry, uh, there's, a. Another, I want to say, it's a triple A title within VR. It's called Onward. Uh, it's a first-person, I want to say, milsim shooter. And uh, there's a, a briefing room before you go to the operation where you can, it's literally, it's a dry erase board. You have uh, your three colors, red, green, blue, and you got an eraser. And you can draw whatever the heck you want, right? It's, it's amazing. It's, it's the coolest thing ever and uh everyone in that in that briefing room can of course see that that dry erase board it's it's absolutely incredible technology and and to be able to communicate that between each other and and draw whatever the heck you want it's it's cool so I think that that technology really needs to come to explain and then that would be that would be the thing that solves all issues
2: yeah and you know i wanna i wanna make sure that um People understand this when when you're in Half Life Alex and you're riding on the window, you're literally just. If people look at you outside of VR and they're looking at what you're doing, it looks like you're just waving your controller in the air. And so I know what people are thinking. They're like, <laughs> "Well, how do you know if you're on the window or not?" <laughs> well, there's there's haptic feedback in your controllers, and it gives you the sensation of boom, you, the tip of your the 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 felt tip of your dry erase marker is literally on the window really? and you can like, you can feel it and you can feel the squeaks and like, and, and the eraser. <laughs> I, it's the same thing with the eraser. And so when people are like, because I tune all of my, we at SimVR labs, we tune all of our aircraft to work with the yokes and the throttle and everything with just VR controllers. Literally, if, if you want to have a good experience with the SimVR labs tuned aircraft, um, and, and a lot of the devs are jumping on board with making their aircraft like this because there's a lot of VR controller flyers out there, is with the yoke, you can reach out and you can grab it. And you feel when you've grabbed it, and you're you're moving it along, and everybody's like, well, I don't just want to wave my controllers in the air. Well, your brain has – with the haptic feedback, your brain has this way – of making that work for you, and the advantage of it, obviously the disadvantage is you don't you don't feel forces against you. The advantage of it is, though, is that the, that whole dream of being in the cockpit becomes more real because the throw. Of the yoke going all the way back and all the way forward is the same throw that you would have in real life. And the turn – like if I had a like a um, – what would be like a tech yoke or whatever, and then you turn it all the way left and all you could do is 45 mm-hmm. degrees left and then it, you hit your physical stop. Well, in the sim, you're getting a full 90 degrees mm-hmm. to the left. Well, now there's a little bit of a disconnect there. Well, and in, in, if you're using VR uh, controllers to do the yoke, then you're always going to be uh, in sync with, with the actual throw distance and everything else. And the same thing with the throttle and then the reverse thrust and the, the props and the mixture and all the different levers and even like um, – You know things like the carb heat, like pulling out the little carb heat thing. We make it to where uh, you pull it out the same distance that you would literally grab it and pull it out. So, uh, so yeah. So um, the haptic feedback in the VR controllers uh, is a real thing. And um, you know, I I know there's a lot of skeptical people. It's like, oh, I don't know if I just with you know just grabbing air with my VR controller. Well, nobody kind of does, but I tell you, I have an X52 Hotas. system and that's in the closet now oh, really? I, i'm a i'm a helicopter guy right um, um <laughs> and so uh if i had a, f- a nice full set of like a like a pft puma or something then obviously i would use that with the collective and the full thing i would i would obviously use a really nice set before i'll use vr controllers but until then this is my compromise is i want to reach down grab the collective and pull it up and I want to pull it up the same distance that I would pull it up in real life. And I want to push it down the same distance I would push it down in real life. Uh, rather than sliding forward and back a HOTAS controller, right? And having that that sticky plastic, you know, spring <laughs> jumpiness going on. You know what I'm saying? You need that precision in, 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 a, in a helicopter. You can get away with it a lot yeah. with, with aircraft. But in a helicopter, man, you've got to have the micro precision. Absolutely, I know yep. a lot of guys just cut the spring right off. But anyway. Jeez. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I mean you're talking about that haptic feedback thing and, and people being skeptical. And I was when you were saying it initially, I hadn't even thought about that being a possibility. And I was kind of, yeah. was kind of like, Joe, I don't think you know what you're talking about. <laughs> but then I was thinking about how I have um I have a MacBook Pro and I have one of the ones with the haptic feedback on um for the mouse pad. And and you were talking about that whole thing with your brain once you you got to that point you know i i can totally see where you're coming from there as somebody who hasn't experienced it myself because i know that you know if you've ever if this is maybe something that people have more commonly done if you've ever used one of the new macbooks and You click on the thing. That's a haptic feedback. The the glass doesn't actually move. Your trackpad. It feels like you're actually clicking. Yep.
3: Your your trackpad. Same thing with my phone. My my iPhone XR.
0: Yeah.
3: um, It feels like a click screen, but there is no click. It's just the haptic feedback at the right moment with the right amount of pressure. It feels Feeds back to your finger, and you feel it. You know. So I could just imagine sitting in the cockpit, flipping switches with a little bit of feedback at your fingertips. That says yes. That that switch is flipped. So you have the sound, you have the little bit of feel in your fingertips, and you can visually see it. That probably yep. is enough for your brain to say, "Yeah, we're
0: good." Yep. So tell us, how do you think that? Not how. What do you think needs to happen in order for the simulation experience to be completely seamless and everything to be perfect for you to like never ever consider? Just looking at a screen ever again—is it like a new product, or is it a new type of way that you integrate things? How how do you foresee that happening, Matheson? You want to take this one? <laughs> I never really got to introduce myself. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> actually, actually, how about that's, that's a good point. Let's jump back, Matheson. How about you introduce yourself and you tell us, um, you know, how you started uh, working for SimVR Labs and and just you know shoot it.
1: Uh, well, to start off, uh, I don't. Know, I've been with X-Plane for probably about ten years now, just coming up on ten years. And uh, Joe and I actually started out with a very similar, similar path. Um, at the time, I was just a a wee little lad, and uh, aviation has always been my my passion since I was you know, a six <laughs> year old. And uh, I always dreamed about, you know, the day that I that I move out, I'll I'll build a full size cockpit in my basement, right, and I'll be able to fly these these amazing full size aircraft in the comfort of my basement. But, uh, I don't know as, as time got on, I, uh, realized that that's just, that's just not realistic. I mean, for <laughs> there, there's some people that are making their millions and they can, they can <laughs> afford to do that, but realistically that's not going to happen. So, uh, a few years later, I stumbled across right. a VR and I was like, oh, now that's amazing. Now, what if? what if we pair that with a, with a flight sim? I wonder how that would go. So that was just a thought. And then it uh, it uh, faded from my memory until X-Plane announced that they're getting VR support. And then uh, once that fully came out, I was watching some videos online about it. I was thinking, that's, that's amazing. I think I need to get one of these things. So sure enough, within like a week later, I had my hands on a Vive it uh, was the, oh man, what was, what was the original Vive? Was it just a Vive? It was just, just a Vive. Anyways, the, the first Vive that came yeah. out, had my hands on it, loaded up in the, in the default 172. And I was just amazed, right? You reach out and the throttle is exactly where it is, mm. right? The, all the, the lights, the circuit breakers behind the yoke, they're exactly where it is. You look behind you, you can see the back seats exactly what they are in real life and i'm i'm a a 172 driver so i i uh, use vr a lot for for flight training so i can stay current without actually um well not legally current but i can stay proficient without right flying the real plane and that's that's absolutely priceless to me so i don't need to go and book a uh, a really expensive plane just to to practice you know slow flight or or navigation or or whatever and uh so anyways, this 172 is just just perfect. Amazing. It could it could get some some work in hindsight with the manipulators, but the scale of things, the the textures, the way everything looks, just perfect. So then I'm I'm thinking, okay, let's load up a different mm. plane. So the plane that I was flying at the time that I really enjoyed was the uh the Soulmade Sim Beaver. And I loaded that thing up and it was just a complete nightmare. Right, buttons didn't work, I would turn a like a switch to the right, and then it would mm. it would flick a million times back and forth between uh the on and the off position. The the yoke was non-existent, I couldn't grab it. Throttles, they like you, you moved your hand up instead of pushing the hand forwards. Doors didn't work, it was it was terrible. So then I'm thinking, Oh. Well, how do I get this thing to work? Like sure and like surely there's gotta be some way that I can. That I can make mm-hmm. this thing work because well the 172 works. So me being the guy that I am, I once I get set my mind to something, I'll, I'll do it or at least I'll, I'll try my very best until there's a physical roadblock in the way that I can't do it. So I'm not sure exactly how I got in contact with Joe, mm-hmm. but uh, he um, offered his hand out and was like, "I'll help you. Let's let's get this thing working." So it was. I don't know, probably about two weeks of of working to get this this beaver working. And at th- at that point he was doing most of the work. Right. <laughs> just trying mm-hmm. to just trying to tell me, well, okay, this number, if you move it to one, it'll now do this. But if you set it to zero, it'll do that. Right? And then you want this manipulator because this manipulator mm-hmm. does this. And you don't want this manipulator because this manipulator does that, right? Just explaining everything to me. And it was it was like opening up that that closet that takes you to Narnia, like a completely different world, something that I I couldn't wrap my head around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then I found the uh, the X Plane development forum that Joe kept kept linking to me, and I was reading through that, and it's all it's all gibberish, right?
3: <laughs> Jesus. So I'm imagine. asking
1: Joe, like how how does any of this <laughs> stuff apply? and I don't know. I don't know how it all worked, but eventually I was able to do probably about the other half of the plane myself. And then Joe would help me tweak some things up and answer all the questions, kind of hold mm-hmm. my hand throughout the process. Then uh, we eventually released it. Mm-hmm. And I finally had that beaver that I love to fly in VR. Now it took like a month of, of solid work just to get this thing to the point where you could, where you could fly it. But Joe had now taught me everything that I needed to know to progress into something a little bit more complex so and I think the the plane that I ventured into next was uh I think it was the x crafts Embraers.
2: you jumped right and in jumped oh, right into the deep end dude oh boy yeah
1: that was that was I thought I thought the beaver was bad absolutely not that was the x X-craft, the x crafts uh, Embraers. I could not think of a of a plane that is just there's nothing worse that a beginner could pick up than those planes. And that's that's not saying anything bad against the dev teams, but it's it's a new <laughs> product now, right? It was built yep. for what X Plane 10 back in the day, I think. They're all using panel manipulators, which those don't work at all for VR. They they just don't yeah. work. And that's that's fine. That's the way that, that's the standard that it was way back in the day. But now that we have all these different types of manipulators, it just it doesn't work. So anyways, I needed to end up taking the entire plane, like the entire manipulator system apart. I ended up building a brand new cockpit OBJ from scratch. Joe ended up custom coding some switches so that way it, it worked somewhat decently to the point where we could actually use it in VR. Now, it still doesn't work perfectly, but at least it's at the point that we can use it. And, oh, boy, that was, that was a, a right. huge project. So once we finally got uh, those planes done, that was like, okay, well, I've now done that. What can't I do at this point? So then I, I started working on, on some personal projects and, <laughs> and trying to get things working with different airplanes, trying my, my very best to learn what I can by myself. And then I started talking to some, some developers, and I'm like, hey, um, I think it was SSG that I reached out to first saying, um, I really love your 747, your this was version one at the time. Would it be okay if I work on an unofficial mm-hmm. modification for it, so that way I can bring VR support to it, so that way everyone can enjoy it in VR, that use it. And they were like, sure, that's great. Uh, we already had someone trying to work on it before, but they didn't succeed i they ended up giving up for for whatever reason so I start working on this plane and then they reach out again and they say, um, would you like to work on our on our seven forty seven dash eight and I was like, "Of course, yeah, sure <laughs> of like of course <laughs> why why would i why would i say no right let's <laughs> let's make a plane work in v r from day one let's yeah. Let's make it usable for everyone in in VR from day one, so that way it's it's feature rich and uh, it won't need an unofficial mod that people have to go in and find online somewhere, right? So, anyways, run into some issues with that one. Right. Um, get it working mostly. Not really going to go into into detail why it doesn't have support anymore, but um, anyways, that's how my my endeavor started mm-hmm. with uh, with payware developers and making the planes. VR ready from the Um, get-go.
3: Joe. You guys are officially the guys behind the scenes then, doing way more than we even think is going on just looking at our regular flat panel monitors here. So I want to say yes, but I also want to say no.
1: Um, Part of of both of our our goals here, Joe and I, is is to make. To uh, to help third-party developers make their products VR compatible from the get-go. And ideally, like Joe and I, we don't really want to be working on every single mm-hmm. aircraft uh, that comes out, right? That's that's not realistic. So yeah. if we can teach the yeah. developers how to do it themselves, that adds so much more value than just, uh, you know, two or three guys working on these on these planes that may or may not be possible to add VR functionality after the fact, after they're released. Right. Right. So that was, that was the goal is to get these, these developers up to speed, educate them on, uh, how the VR world works and how they can, they can build their aircraft to be suitable for the minority of VR users.
3: Any one of the major, uh, Airbus or Boeing's at a great level of VR um right now, maybe the Zebo or the Flight Factor or the TOLUS?
1: Uh there's there's a lot of them. So the Zebo mod for sure. That one we haven't touched it. has done a fantastic job of of ensuring that the plane stays stays in good VR shape. Uh Laminar was was actually the ones that that built that support from the start. And of course Zebo builds on the on the Laminar 737. Um, for Airbus's Talus has a really good right. VR system. I think it's one of the best available. Uh, I just, uh, finished working with Cremona soft on their A310. That one mm-hmm. has, has probably wow. fantastic VR support. Just the way we oh, nice. built the plane allows it to be, uh, thrown into VR and work probably better than most other planes. Um,
2: the, flight the IXEG is not oh, better, absolutely. but we, yeah. we we had that. We had that for like two years. Um, we had that thing on lockdown as far as um, just working really well in VR. As long as you download the SimVR Labs yeah. mods, they yeah. were re- they were really kind. Uh, it, it, this is how it works. So back in the day, uh, you know, I would get flooded with requests. Uh, this is when it all was starting, and and I was releasing, and they were like, "Oh, can you do this plane? Can you do this plane?" And I'm like, "I can't just do any plane because I." You know, it's one thing to add a VR config file. It's another thing to modify their cockpit OBJ, and it's right. two things. That's a two, it's a twofold work job. It's it's making or modifying a VR config file, and modifying or 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 whatever their cockpit OBJ. And so, to do both, now all of a sudden you've you've put a mod out there that uh, that does something. So you need permission. And so we would have to ask permission, and usually the answer was uh, yes, but we won't support your mod. And so if anything happens, we're not going to – and they're using your mod. We can't give them any kind of support. And so I'd be like, that's fine, so disclaimer, blah, blah, blah. And so – then we would build out the mod. I, Ixcg was super happy. Um, you know, the the majority of the reception back in the day was just, "Oh, please, thank you, <laughs> thank you for contacting right. me." Yep. You know, what what's going to happen is 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 that, yeah, um, we'll look at what you did. Hopefully, either reverse engineer it or you can help us make it official at some point. Um, it's kind of like the hot start, the hot start TBM nine hundred when when it came out. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. they released it and it was I've been watching the streams and everything the development work on that one as it was getting ready to release and I sent out a request to them before they uh, released it and I said can you please just let me take a look at it and uh, Goran the guy who does the 3D work and, and all the manipulator work for that had seen what I had done uh, with his uh, uh, Sob 340 and uh, he was um, you know He was real friendly, real kind, and he's like, "Ah, let me just let's just release it." So they released it, and I bought it day one, and I'm like, "Oh, it's so jacked up! Like it's so messed up!" I was like, "There are so many things you can't even grab." Like there was manipulators that when when Matheson said panel manipulators don't work in VR. What he didn't, what he didn't mean, what he didn't like, really emphasize mm-hmm. is they literally don't work at all. Yeah, you you can't grab it. It's like trying to grab air. There's nothing oh, there to click on. Yeah. <laughs> and so it only works with a mouse pointer. It does not work with a VR controller. And there was a couple of those in there, and I was like, no. And so I was like, okay, I am going to. I, I just I stayed up all night on a bend, and I just binge fixed that thing, right? And I sent it I sent it off to Gorin and I sent it off to Toto, Sasso, and I and I and I, I gave them a video. I sent the files and I made a video and I said, This is what I did. Please do this, change this, and you'll be all good because everything I did fixed the <laughs> VR and did nothing to compromise the two D, like the non VR. And they're like Uh they took like it was Probably fifteen minutes. I got a response that said, "We want to ship this in the next update. this is yep. this is great. Oh, excellent, beautiful. Wow. And so sometimes it works like that. And oh, other damn. times, like the tolus was all jacked up. And they, I requested a thing, and they said they said uh, no. We're going to do it ourselves. And guess what? They did it themselves, and they did a great job. Did they do it as Absolutely. quick as I could have done a mod? No, but uh, pe- <laughs> you know, people were just people were patient, and I was like, they, you know, they're going to be okay. Just relax, you know. Just you know, I, and so sometimes it, it, but that's kind of how it works, and that's that's how it's been. You know, SimVR Labs is really. Uh, slowed down on the stuff that Matheson was talking talking about, where it's like third party, and is really, really steady right. in things that are uh, quote unquote official.
1: Absolutely, gotcha. I think we've I think we've pretty much succeeded with our with our goal at this point. Like we've got either we've got partnerships with developers where we're adding VR support uh, natively to be included with the plane, or we've um, succeeded in, in mm. teaching the, the dev teams how to to make their aircraft VR-ready from the get-go so they can do it themselves, so they can add it to their next product, right, from scratch. And that's why things have, have slowed down a bit. But that's it hasn't slowed down a bit for uh, bad reasons. It slowed down a bit because there's, we're just running out of things to do, right? Right. And that's, that's amazing to see.
0: So so are are you afraid that you're going to be out of the business at any point or does the elephant in the room FS2020 or just anything in general give you confidence uh, that you guys are going to be able to keep working
1: if if we do run out of things to do if we uh if it does come time that there's just nothing else for us to do it's for a good reason at least right there's either all the dev teams that are making Um, competent products have mastered VR themselves or um, it's because we've moved on to a different, a different simulator. Now, if that's FS 2020, maybe if it's X-Plane, like X-Plane 12, whatever it is later down the road, sure. But I think, I think we'll run out of um, things to do because developers are, are doing it all themselves. And I think that's a really good, a really good reason to be, to be shutting
3: down. So that means you'd have accomplished part of the things that you set out to do when you guys just started doing VR, basically, is to get everybody on board, to get this game up and running good.
2: Absolutely. And it's not just, you have to remember that when FS2020 comes out, there will be no VR until there is. And then when there is, VR in the mainstream will be 2021 and not... Mm -hmm. 2018 of March 2018. So March 2018 everything was baby. Everything was in its infancy with VR. And so I think uh FS2020 when they finally do VR, they're going to do it in a way that uh they're going to look at how other flight sims have done VR and how other flight sims are doing it well and how they're not doing it well and they're going to apply, you know, some of those methods to it. And so because you know VR and DCS is kind of a totally different world when it comes to how they how they do their manipulators and stuff versus vr in x-plane and how uh you would control the switches and stuff in there too so they're gonna take you know i have a lot of confidence in fs 2020 that they're gonna take a good look at how everybody else is doing things and 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 try to do the best they can with what they see and hopefully uh you know, Matheson and I and, and some of the other uh, SimVR Labs guys um, can be proud of what we accomplished and proud of how we sort of, you know, ushered VR into the flight sim community as best as we could.
1: Of course. And, well, you know, who knows? Like FS2020, it's a brand new platform, right? It's still based on, on the FSX days, but I mean, the VR for FS2020 will be completely brand new. So who knows how they'll do it. Will they have a very similar cockpit OBJ VR config system? Probably not. So I mean people really need to to go and learn a brand new system. Right. So will that be Joe and I that 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 does that? Will that be um someone else from the from the SimVR Labs team maybe or will that be Sobo themselves uh helping the third party developers? Who knows, right? But it's a brand new system, so I don't
3: really know how that'll plan out for the future. I can actually hear you guys getting excited already. To be honest, <laughs> I could. Oh, I'm very excited. I could, I could see your guys' brains working, going, "Yeah, want to <laughs> get our hands on this and see what this is all made of." Something new yeah, man, to start I'm,
2: over again. I'm not. I'm not part of the alpha, and I'm super jealous.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the club. I understand.
2: <laughs> Definitely.
3: Um, Let me step back a second (laughs) here, because I mentioned before, I've never used VR. I think I looked at the goggles one time, and it was like trash. This is years ago. So for the new flight simmer or people who have been in flight simmer and never touched VR before, between you guys, what is the base hardware... Um, CPU, GPU that you'd recommend to get started and what goggles and just basically, you know, for somebody new into it, I mean, what do you need to get started in this thing?
1: I think you've just opened up Pandora's box.
3: Oh boy. Yeah.
1: Well,
2: you need $600 uh, to to buy the, to buy, to buy the goggles. Well, (laughs) while there's a lot of truth to what I just said, um, you know, I'm running still oculus rift cv1 right the very the very uh first iteration of the oculus rift um most of my peers and compadres have moved on to at least the rift s uh if not the vive pro or the reverb or the reverb pro um the reverb pro by the way is the one that's getting just crazy good reviews yeah so uh um You know, just based on Mm -hmm. what I've seen, uh, I've never put it on my head. But based on what I've seen, as far as people getting, uh, you know, reviewing them for X Plane, the Reverb Pro is getting some great reviews. But um, I am running the CV1 on a Ryzen actually at three point seven gigahertz and with a ten seventy Nvidia card, and uh, it locks uh, at thirty frames a second. uh, And my settings are high on the textures high on the whatever and uh the the other one and uh, medium on uh the autogen and then obviously reflections are returned all the way down and um and hdr uh on the other setting for so i can get some lights at night uh with my landing lights and stuff but um but yeah so uh and it, it it holds pretty good at thirty frames a second. It locks into something called ASW, um, which is a thing that makes it feel like ninety frames a second rather than thirty frames a second. Like it's uh, kind of like some hocus pocus that they do. Um, but uh, but so the, yeah, there's some magic numbers that you want to lock onto uh, on frame rate when you when you when you start dealing with frame rates and VR and Matheson probably knows a lot more about this and can explain it better. But, um, when you start dealing with frame rates with VR, you have to kind of forget everything, you know, about what's great. And because, absolutely uh, yep. 50, 50 frames a second in VR is terrible. You want Ooh. to lock on to, you want to lock on to 30 or 45 or something where ASW can take over and make it super smooth. Right. And so, um, which there are there are tools to help you lock that frame rate mm-hmm. that usually come with the, the software uh, like the Oculus has its own deal going on but um, but yeah so that's kind of how that works but so I have a it's a fairly modest at this point it's a fairly modest machine and uh, it gets the job done um, that being said everybody wants more and of course I want more if I had a Reverb <laughs> Pro trying to run off my Ryzen I would be in trouble right I just wow. I just I need more I need more horsepower to drive more <laughs> pixels so.
3: now so let, I've got, let me know if i got ripped off then i uh, sorry so let me just say this let me tell me if i got ripped off when i bought my dell uh it said it, it came vr ready but i have no <laughs> uh, idea what oh, that no, meant no, no. i have a 1070 yeah. ti uh eight gigabytes video ram and i have a a core i7 was it 8700k something like that would yeah. that be good or that be bad
2: yeah, what is it? What is it your 8700K run at on the gigahertz?
3: Like, uh, I think it
2: maxes at like uh, either 3.9 or 4.2, or so. I don't remember. So you, I had to look at it. Yeah, that's if if that's all it maxes at, then that's where your choke point's going to be. Your 8700 or your I mean, your 1070 Ti is going to be better than than uh than what you're pushing on your on your gigahertz there. You you wow. would hope that that would be up a lot, around 4.6, 4.8. Uh, if if you're, if you're really, you know, a lot of these guys, man, they're, they're, they're trying everything they can to overclock up to five. Right. When, when you're, when you're pushing just really hard VR and you're trying, you know, the best you can to get the best graphics you can. But again, this is, this is where Matheson's probably in a much better position to answer these questions.
1: So my take on it is, is actually very different. Um, I've got a, from what I've been told, it's a tank sitting under my desk. Um, I've got a 2080 Ti, a 3950X, that's a Ryzen processor, and then, uh, of course, 32 gigs of RAM. Um, Now, that's also coming from a 1080 with a 7700K at 5 gigahertz. So my Ryzen, it's running at. I think it's at like 3.4 gigahertz, I think. Um, I'm seeing about a five frames per second increase with this machine. It's, uh, it's not, I don't want to say it's, it's entirely Hmm. dependent on, uh, gigahertz and megahertz because it is, but it isn't, I don't fully understand it. Um, but, uh, I think it, it, it has more of a combination effect. So your your cores, your uh, gigahertz. Um, uh, what's, what's the other one that I'm thinking of? Uh, threads. So I think it's, right. it's more of a combination effect and how each one plays together that determines what your performance will be. So AMD processors, from my understanding, is that they've got a significantly lower uh, frequency than the Intel ones, but they also have a lot more cores and a lot more threads. So I think mine has, I think it's like twelve. I'm I'm not sure, but anyways, I'm a, I'm up about five mm. FPS from my old machine. But of course, if you're wanting to get into into VR, I would not recommend this machine. It's it costs way too much than than you'll ever see benefit in VR. So, realistically, to get into VR, you're probably looking at about 1070 with a, I'd say, about a 7700K. And then you'll be able to to run X Plane at about medium high settings with fluid frames. But that's also not taking into account scenery, plugins, all the other enhancements and things that run inside X Plane that'll tank your FPS. Right. So, Norm- vanilla. The-
2: Vulcan, Vulcan has really helped. Oh, definitely yeah. lower lower the entry point for a decent X Plane VR experience.
1: Definitely. Um, with my machine on on Vulcan, I'm running. Hmm. I've got about thirty or so FPS inside VR in Fly Tampa's new Vegas with uh, Active Sky on, like overcast, all the all the really dependent uh, add-ons running. So. It works but i mean 30 is not ideal for me i'd like to be at about 45 that i think that's my my personal sweet spot but i mean there's asw there's a whole bunch of other Mm -hmm. um tricks up up the sleeve to to be able to run explain that i'd say about 25 fps is is fine for most people right you add asw in there and you're and you're golden
3: so, question, question, technical question. What's happening to you visually in the VR at 30 FPS versus 60 FPS? What's happening um, to you visually? Well, how would you rec- describe that?
0: Is it like, is it like, yeah, is it like a nausea thing? Because I know that that's, I, I feel like I remember reading somewhere that that's one of the reasons why movies are actually set to be a certain frames per second because if it's too high then it
2: we actually yeah so get, like, no, there's a like. nausea factor to vr uh, especially f- at first um i know i the first time i tried it you know i could only go about an hour and then you don't really feel it creeping up until you take the goggles off and then you're like oh crap man i i don't feel so great but um but I don't think that really has a whole whole lot to do with 30 versus 60. Here's my experience with 30 versus even 90, because uh, if you turn everything down, you can lock at 90 uh, in VR. When you're at 90 in VR, the smoothness versus 30 in VR there's not that much of a difference. What there is a little bit of difference in is at thirty in VR with ASW on, you do get some like artifacting, right? And it's 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 small, but it's there. It looks like um, heat haze is is
1: what I'm seeing. It looks like almost as if you're looking at like a jet engine from the back. You get little tiny flickers of like yes. heat haze. So it's not it's not terribly distracting, but it's it's there. It's it's really kind of weird to describe. But heat haze is is what i
2: really like to describe it as yes and it's shimmering yeah it's it's like a shimmer and it's really only that like so uh i'm uh i'm crop dusting quite a bit in in the sim right now with a helicopter and you see it every time you you're you're humming along down low towards the ground and you look out your you look out your cockpit and you look at your um your your crop dusting spray kit that's mounted to your thing and and then you see the ground kind of humming underneath that uh that bar out there and you can see the bar kind of shimmer and that's that's kind of like where you'll see it is sort of at your peripheral vision or if or if you've got fast motion uh up against like something that's more stationary um that's where uh, asw will do this haze thing and again it's like this hocus pocus that makes it super smooth but there are some compromises there um for me i don't mind it as much because i'm so stinking used to it and i just want i just want a smooth simulator like i'm not going to turn it off i'm not going to turn asw off you can you have that option but dude i would i would i would be at about 37 fps if i turned asw off and that is not good that is where you'll really get nauseous Mm -hmm. like you'll see all this ghosting like you'll take your controller in front of your face and then just sort of like move it across your vision and you'll see (laughs) like a ghost controller behind you kind of following you because everything is just so (laughs) jacked up you need that asw on but yeah that's that's the difference in what i see
1: exactly so my experience with that is is very similar um for me the the sweet spot is really anything above 30 frames up to about 45. Anything above 45 for me is wasted potential, right? You might as well turn up your settings and get some more out of your sim because you really can't tell the difference. And then up to a certain point, it actually gets worse. Um, but anything below 30, Mm -hmm. you're gonna start to see, uh, like a ghost controller, right? Uh, your controller will it'll move at the same speed, but you'll see a few really tiny trails. It's almost like if you move your uh, your mouse really fast across your screen, you'll see a bunch of, of ghost uh, images, right? From where your cursor was. It's that, but not as pronounced in VR. And uh, things will just feel really sluggish, right? You'll need to move your hands uh, a, a further distance just to, to click a button. Uh, like, for example, you'll need to... If it's like a, a two-stage button, you'll need to move it probably twice the distance to actually activate that button, than uh, than you would need to otherwise.
2: And you'll be done. You'll 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 be in that state for about ten seconds. Exactly. Be like this is crap, and you'll yeah. take the goggles <laughs> <Yeah>. off. <laughs> and or then you, or you'll be like, how do I fix this? Because this course, ain't yeah. this ain't working. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> there's there's a lot of times where I'm actually running at at twenty five frames. Like I'm flying on VatSim and I'm. I've got flying to like, uh, I don't know, uh, LA, LA is a really heavy area. Mm-hmm. If you pair that with a lot of traffic and some weather, I'll be right. running at like 23, 25 frames. It's not fun. And I'll actually start to get sick. There's been, there's been times where I need to disconnect, take my headset off, go for a walk. Cause I'll get sick and I'll get a really bad headache. It's not fun. So there's definitely compromises mm. it, for a newbie. I'd say you need to learn your system, fly in, L.A. with with high settings, then turn your settings down one notch, one notch, one notch, one notch, until you finally get it to the point where it's okay for L.A., right? Then if you go all the way up to, like, I don't know, Cambridge Bay, way up in, like, northern Canada, where there's absolutely nothing there but water, then turn your settings up to the point where it's okay for that area. And then you need to kind of find the sweet spot in between those two, Right. And adjust your settings for your flight. I'm constantly adjusting them back and forth. There's not a flight where I load up, and I don't adjust my settings. If I'm flying into Toronto, my settings will be pretty much all the way down, just because I need that that uh, that Fps boost, otherwise i'll I'll get sick.
0: So it's kind of like how a lot of simmers just tweak their settings, you know regularly in general. Like I do that um, because sometimes I'll install. An add-on, add-on that I really want to have, but also it compromises my frames a little bit. But it's just doing that over and over, and just finding that spot that either works the best for Absolutely. certain areas or works the best. Yeah, for it's the not much different than do. how
2: you would do it in non-VR.
0: Right now, I mean, does that get annoying ever having to constantly switch settings, or does it become second nature? Second, something?
2: second nature. If if you're if you're doing that quite a bit. Uh, You know, I'm not always flying from Indiana into downtown Chicago on every flight, Uh, but if I know that's going to happen, I'm flying from literally nothing cornfields to uh, downtown Chicago. I can't leave everything on high in HDR, and that's true in VR or not in VR. Like um, there comes a point where you're just not going to suffer, you know, 18 frames a second no matter what you're in so you're you're gonna adjust your settings but most of the time you know i'm not i'm not constantly adjusting like matheson but i don't fly the big iron like matheson does either he puts more miles on i mean i don't know if you watch his streams he's you know he's in these you know big aircraft putting a bunch of miles i'm more of a vr helicopter guy so it's it's not as much of a a challenge for me right
3: so Matson is a guy I need to talk to about because I don't do any GA, GA flying whatsoever. <laughs> you know, I love I love the big iron. I love the tube liners. And um, uh, you stream those Matson also the tube liners
1: uh, every once in a while. Uh, if it's if it's a flight that I'm flying from, you know, like Edmonton to Winnipeg, where there's really nothing to see, it's nice and flat. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll throw up a, a stream right because it's I have extra frames that I can spare. Right, I've got. Right. hardware potential that i might as well use if i'm flying right. uh i don't know, like the the new global art vancouver which is very 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 heavy on frames to uh global art toronto which is again very heavy on frames i won't stream that because i can't afford to lose that that uh that performance
3: that extra performance yeah because i mean i've known maybe three streamers who stream in vr um, or I've tried a couple of them, and then one guy does it religiously, the other guy stopped doing it. So I would love to watch more streamers do the VR stuff and maybe myself eventually get into it. You know what I mean? I, I always tell them, that, hey, listen, I think once I go VR, I'm never going to go back. And that's why I haven't even looked at it yet. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I'm still waiting for it to come up. I
1: definitely think you you won't go back. And uh, I guess we didn't really answer what what headset would be best for, for the newbies getting into it. Um, yeah well my personal be? recommendation is is go with the i think it's the reverb g2 that's coming out uh it's set to release really soon it's at a very competitive mm. price point and it's at it's one of the the best headsets out there for uh well in terms of of specifications now of course it's a headset that's not released. I can't exactly say it's this this fantastic, life-changing, miracle product because I don't I don't know, right? Nobody knows yet. But if mm. what uh what they're advertising is is correct, it'll be this really 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 amazing headset for a fraction of the price as uh as the competitors.
3: Wow, is that the HP product I'm looking at? It uh, I now. believe
1: yeah, yeah, it's the HP Reverb G2. Mm.
3: Hmm.
1: So it's it's got comparable <laughs> specs to the uh Index to the I think I think the Pimax the what is it the 16K or no, the, the 8K. I don't know. One of one of those those really high-end. I don't really follow the the headset market too often, but uh comparable to the really high-end headsets for for a very very small price tag. Gotcha. gotcha.
2: One thing that one thing that happens, Norm, is you spend a lot of money on a VR yep. headset, and yep. then you you stop <laughs> you stop looking at what else is out because you're like, wow, oh, so this is mine for yep. four more years. Like oh, there's yeah. nothing. Yeah. So
1: it's like a new car, right? Jeez. You you buy you almost have to finance it, right? Yeah. And then you're you're stuck with this thing because you just invested how much money into it. <laughs> but I mean, they're they're you're releasing half a grand. Yeah, they're. Oh, more because <laughs> you got to get the computer for it, right? So you're, um, you've invested all this money into it, and then oh, two years later they come out with a brand new headset. Well, you still haven't recuperated the the price, so you can't justify paying that much more for the latest and greatest.
0: Yeah. So you just start. You just have to make your headset yours. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wear
1: it down until it True. doesn't work anymore, or wear it down to the point where the the new headsets are just so much better than what you have right now that it's, it's really worth every penny to upgrade.
0: So here's, here's my question uh, before we begin to wrap up, we've been talking about all the benefits of VR, VR, excuse me, and the ways to get into VR. In your opinion, who isn't VR for who shouldn't be listening to this conversation and immediately or not immediately, or, or consider getting a headset. Who who is, what's the audience of people who should maybe wait until either it's evolved more or just waited in general? Um, I want to say people that are very susceptible to
1: inner ear. Um, I want to say uh, what's uh, is it vertigo? uh it's one of right. it's one of those, yeah, those conditions, conditions. Imbalance. right imbalance that's what I'm looking for people that are really susceptible to oh, those yeah. i would say stay stay very clear away from v r otherwise you're gonna have a bad day um I know a few people that have Thank vertigo you. and uh have tried v r and it's 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 not good for them um I'd also right. say people with um disabilities right that have like limited mobility that can't really reach up as far you could try it but it might not be the same experience for you the nice thing about at least x-plane vr is you pull you squeeze the the controller's trigger a little bit and then you get like a, a little lightsaber mm. right a little laser that comes out of controller and you can, you right. can point right. it right. up at a at a switch and then flick it so you really don't need to move mm-hmm. a whole lot but then you you should really ask yourself is that experience worth it and for some it definitely is for me, not really. I'd much rather reach up physically and have the sensation of actually grabbing a switch. Uh, but for right. some, that might, not be, that might not really be worth it because that's really the whole point of VR is being able to, to reach up, grab whatever you're looking for rather than use like a, a, a laser and kind of turn something that's way out in front of you. So should people stay away from it if they have disabilities? maybe maybe not that's totally up to the person though but it's something that should be warned and it should be something that they should perceive caution
2: my my dad hates vr he's he's tried it several times he's a big flight simmer and we before i did the vr thing uh i helped him build a uh a cockpit in his in his in his living room which my mom loves (laughs) but uh it's a you know the arduino card and the whole deal with all the switches and all the little chinese like little switches and encoders and stuff and and uh he's got a separate screen that he uses just as a dedicated gps he's got the full thing (laughs) with the yoke and the and the full thing and he comes over and you know because you know i'm so excited about vr i can't stop talking about it when we talk about flight sim and you know he comes and he tries it man he puts it on his head He's got these big glasses that he has to wear. By the way, for people who don't know, if you need corrective vision uh, glasses or contacts, you need those in VR oh absolutely yeah oh yeah for whatever reason the the sense of space is still the sense of space and things that are far away are still far away like it's it's weird i know it's weird mm-hmm. if you haven't tried it it's weird to hear about but like you can't read the writing if you can't read the writing if it's five feet away and you can't read it in real life you won't read it in vr for sure um so you need your glasses of so a dad he, he puts these things on over his glasses and he and he, he hums around and and has a, a a fun time for like 10 minutes and then he takes it off. He's like, I just want my cockpit. He wants, he wants Mm. what he's used to and he wants to click and feel and twist and, and push and all the things that he has. He's kind of a creature of habit. And so if you're like, if you're in that space Mm. and you're a creature of habit and you like things the way they are and you're kind of like not necessarily afraid to learn something completely new and feel something completely new, but you just – like it the way that it is and you just get so much satisfaction out of the way that it is with your tv and your speakers and your cockpit and your whole deal if all of that's fine and you're perfectly satisfied i would say you know stick with it man just stick with what you like Absolutely. And, and do what you like and try it you know try it like my dad did try it and if you don't like it or if, or if it's like not for you for the long term then whatever but i would say norm you need to run not walk you need to run <laughs> and get you into some sort of VR headset and get into get into an aircraft and I'm saying the, this is just even to try it even to try it somewhere get into an aircraft that you know is good zebo get into the zebo you're familiar with it enough that you would know where everything is but when you sit in it and you, and you're in it and your shoulder is like a foot away from the actual like sidewall bulkhead of the aircraft and you and you it's just, it's just something that's kind of like otherworldly until you try it. So,
3: Jeez. yeah. So it's basically one for one representation in
2: the VR. Yes, as long that's as it. the developers got their scale right. <laughs> there's a lot yeah. of, there's a lot of yeah. aircraft <laughs> out there where the actual exterior scale of the aircraft is uh, very well done. But the interior, they took some liberties on uh, in their 3D model on the actual, Scale of it, so some of the aircraft aren't, and, and and so VR doesn't let you lie like that, like 2D would let you like lie right. about that. But VR, <laughs> will call you out on it. As like, why are my pedals <laughs> like three feet away from each other? Like I got to spread my. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs>
3: Jesus, I can yeah. imagine. Wow. Now nah, it's good stuff. Um, I, I, yeah, you know, it's gonna happen. It's not a matter of if. It's just a matter of when for me. Uh, how many des- uh, How much space do you need in front of your desk or in front of you ah, when you use the VR so to click and a stuff? That's a good question.
2: That's a real good question. Uh, Matheson, yeah. why don't you take this one? <laughs> oh, boy. It, it all depends on what aircraft you're
1: going to fly, right? Um, if you're wanting to fly, you know, an A380 with a huge cockpit, you're going to want probably the equivalent space if you really want to take advantage of VR, if you really want to be able to reach around and uh, and jump from, from seat to seat and be able to reach everything properly, yeah, you want about that, that same size. But if you just want to fly from, from one seat only and reach just the switches that you're supposed to be reaching for, then honestly, I fly, I have probably about a, I'd say about a, a two square meter space that I use. And that's fine. I can reach around everywhere. I don't hit anything. don't need to worry about damage anything um and it's it's great so it all it all depends on what aircraft you want to fly and uh and what experience you're wanting to get out of it if you're okay with with using those lightsaber laser things i was telling you about earlier then you don't need space at all you can you can just sit in like a i don't know a two square foot box right and fly vr it it works just fine but if you want to really be able to reach up and grab everything, then that's totally aircraft-specific.
2: One of the one of the paradigm shifts that I had to make when I first started VR was this exact thing. And you're so used to, as a simmer, for, for years and years and years, sitting at a desk, yeah. right? You're sitting, and, and your legs are there with the desk, and under the desk is your pedals, and then on the desk is your yoke, and you've got the mouse. And what I had to learn to do was push back away from that so what i do and some people turn themselves completely sideways i Uh, do like uh, facing sideways their desk is off to the left but their um their their vr room is is set up to where you have nothing in front of you nothing behind you and you can reach all the way to the left and still not hit your desk and all the way to the right and um do all that i just i push back i'm about when i'm in vr i'm probably four and a half five feet back from my desk and um yeah and so uh anytime i need to use my desk then i'll just i'm on i'm on a you know office chair with wheels i'll just kind of scoot forward uh grab the mouse do what i need to do uh pull up whatever i need to pull up um and then Hmm. and then and then push back get back on the pedals and get back to work so uh that's that's kind of how I do it. Uh, Matheson's kind of a wizard with it because if you watch his streams, you'll see um, how he does it and how he's, he's kind of like closer a little bit to his desk. But he's at that like perfect window where he doesn't hit anything with his little VR controllers. Um, but he's kind of got it dialed in perfectly. And then he, if you... Like I said, if you watch the stream, you'll see what I'm talking about. But there's a lot of guys who do things uh, differently in that way. But you definitely are, can't be up on your desk, or you'll just be hitting things. Right. Yeah,
1: I've so, uh, you know, I've changed right. I, I've changed the way that I that I sit now. I've I've uh, moved into a new room now, so I have actually allocated and built in a a space where I can I can play my VR games and like room scale VR games fine. Um, but then if I, if I want to fly, I use a, a honeycomb yoke, right. And Thrustmaster, sorry, Thrustmaster pedals. So I need to be able to actually reach those, those, um, those hardware, sorry, that hardware, but I need to be able to clamp it somewhere. And there's some people that, that go all out and they, they build like these PVC stands where they can clamp their, their whole yoke and pedals into it. And it's, it's, it's awesome. It's really cool stuff to see, but I've got an L shaped desk. So the small side mm-hmm. of my desk, the, the one side is, got, it's got my two monitors on it. It's got, right, it's got my keyboard. But then the other side, I just turn 90 degrees to the right. And then I've got nothing in front of me. So I can reach out as far as I want and I can grab whatever I want. Right? So it's nice and simple. I just turn 90 degrees, grab my yoke and fly. Right. There's so many different ways to do it though.
3: Yeah, the brain is turning right now. My brain is going, All right, what do I need <laughs> to build? What do I need to cut up. I literally have an office <laughs> here that I build a twelve foot long desk in you know, for multiple use, me and Mrs., yep. and it works. But now I'm recon I do have space I could push back from this desk, at least a good three, four four feet. Well yeah, and it
1: all hmm. it all depends on how you want to fly, right? I use hardware um controllers, but Joe likes to use his his uh VR controllers where he's not physically grabbing a, a cyclic he's just grabbing the the controller right. and that's great because you don't need to put the controllers down and then kind of feel around for your yoke i much rather have I, i'd much rather have the precision and the um the haptic feedback from the trim buttons on the yoke the autopilot disconnect buttons right right i'd much rather just move my thumb over and click a button right Than release mm-hmm. from uh from the throttle with my other hand and then operate the um, the button on the side of the throttle, or I don't know how, how they actually do it. But to me, it just doesn't seem so intuitive. But everyone's got their preference, right? Right. Gotcha. So how, how far- whatever... Um, oh, go ahead. Sorry, whatever um, style or, or whatever works for you will dictate your your space. So whatever plane you fly... If you fly a big plane, you're gonna need a bigger space. If you fly just a tiny little like one fifty, you can fly in a cardboard box if you want to. Uh, if you want to fly with hardware controllers, that'll dictate your space as well, right? Because you need somewhere to to mount it. If you just want to fly with the with the VR controllers itself, then you can, I don't know, you can move your uh, your uh, your your chair over to a spot in the room which you've got a lot of space for, and then you don't need to worry about anything. It's the possibilities are really endless.
3: How far off uh, is gloves in this oh, in VR stuff?
1: Okay, that's that's a question. So, I actually have a, a pair of captive gloves. Um, mm. right now they are very, very, very early in development. They've got a uh, a partnership with Eagle Dynamics from DCS World to natively include them in in DCS, and to my knowledge, that's going quite well. Um, it's slow, but they're working with Eagle Dynamics directly to make it work beautifully in DCS. I haven't been able to get it working myself because the software is a little bit weird right now, but for X-Plane, those gloves don't work at all. Uh, there's other gloves. I think there's like a, uh, there's a like a hand uh, sensor or, or a hand tracker which you don't need to wear gloves at all and you can reach out. And I've heard that some people are having success with those, but I'm not sure exactly how they're using them or how they're, they're operating uh, like buttons, how they're grabbing buttons and turning them is in X-Plane. Some buttons you, you can reach out and you can just grab and you can turn some, you need to uh, Hmm. like tap with the mouse constantly click. So I'm not sure how they're, they're working with those, those buttons, but I don't know maybe joe has some insight to that
2: yeah it's kind of gesture based um but i don't have a whole lot more insight other than i did see some gloves that have these like uh hydraulics on them that go back onto your forearm and it's like each finger has a little um uh, hydraulic line that goes back to this uh thing on the forearm and then so as you squeeze uh it will stop you when you when your fingertips have touched a a three d mesh um the the things will will stop your fingers from going forward more, and so that gives you the feeling of you've touched it right and so uh that could be something that's on the horizon um another thing that uh I just wanted to mention that, that was like well what is the state of v r in the world uh one of the big things as far as v r development is um blender has just released a uh, uh, a beta version uh, with full VR support to be able to create 3D models in VR. So you're literally modeling wow. like in VR. Which That's is sick. which is absolutely <laughs> sick and <laughs> and my first thought was how the crap like how do you do that with like so if I wanted to make an aircraft what do I need a ladder? like how am i going right. to get up there and like do the window. <laughs> so i'm like it's got to have some sort of zoom scale because even like then if i go into yeah. like the, the 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 bolt head it's like what I, am i going to make this thing with like a little toothpick or whatever like how am i going to model that like something so tiny Teleport. yeah so it's got to be but anyway yeah so um just just that in and of itself is is really cool wow
0: yeah you're getting me so excited cuz we actually we talked about ready player one in the last episode uh, and how we all kind of wanted a sim that was just like the whole thing, and now this is just another aspect to that whole conversation where it's like, it I, honestly VR has the full potential to be better than full setups, I'd say, and because when you brought up that whole thing earlier about having a whole cockpit setup, I I've always sorry I just I've just bumped my <laughs> microphone <laughs> I've always. <laughs> like thought that that was really cool myself but it kind of just dawned on me now too that if we have all this haptic feedback stuff and we have all these things that make the world the vr world that much more realistic vr is so much better because although there is like a hefty investment that you have to make you have like everything at your fingertips then it's not just you don't just build a Boeing cockpit and then you have to like suffer through flying an airbus flight or or only fly boeing planes for the rest of your simming career now you have all of them at your fingertips and that's yep. just something that's so like that I still like I'm saying it but I can't quite wrap my head around it cuz it's 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 something that sounds so good it's too good to be
2: true well you know it's a hefty investment up front but it's a lot less of a hefty yeah. investment than a Boeing cockpit. Yeah, the other thing right. is, the other thing is, <laughs> is you can spend $35,000 and all that time on this Boeing cockpit, and you can go in the sim and play and crash, and you're going down in this $30,000 cockpit. I guarantee <laughs> you won't, right before impact, you will not put your arms up over your eyes and, and your stomach will not lurch. But I promise you in VR, it happens, man. The first time, the first time I went up in VR, it was in a 172. And I'm sitting in there, and I'm like, let's just try this thing. It's my first time. I start going up, and I looked out. And the 172, it's a high-wing aircraft, so you can see the ground underneath you. And I'm going up, and I'm only 300, 400 feet off the ground. And I got that feeling, man, like uh, that feeling of elevation. It's just elevation. It's like if I open this door and I jump out. It's going to be a terminal velocity fall all the way to the ground, and I'm going to die in, like, a pink mist. And I'm like, it was just, like, this sense of danger and, like, this sense of, like, just there-ness, like.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I swear to God, you guys are going to make me spend some money. (laughs) I I have a feeling. Oh, my God. It's worth it. Seriously, I want to have one hour, 27 minutes later, and I'm shaking my head here going. Yeah, crap! It's time. I know. Here we
0: go. Here we go. Because <laughs> you know,
3: yeah, Soul said it. You know, I wanted to build a cockpit. Then I was like, all right, if I build a Boeing, then I don't have an Airbus, exactly. uh, and I can't build both. And it doesn't move. It's not on a you know a tripod or whatever. But now, with, as you described with VR, it's like you're feeling your stomach. Yeah. You know, how's the turbulence in it? If you go through a turbulence
2: in the center, it's same, it's, 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 a, it's really good. I think that uh, XP Realistic Two. Uh, has made it mm-hmm. even better. Uh, Matheson, do you have that plugin? I haven't tried it, but I, I've seen it. I like... don't. I, does it work in VR? Yeah, it does work it in does.
0: VR. Yeah. yeah you, you know, actually, Roy was, loves VR like you guys do. And he very specifically told us I am not releasing XP Realistic 2 really? until it has VR support because I want that. Yeah. Yeah. He He spent a lot of time on the VR because he, like you, really wanted that experience for himself. Well, I, think, yeah. uh,
1: <laughs> I think I need to get my hands on it because I uh, I departed Calgary actually two days ago. And uh, if you guys know anything about uh, Alberta storms up in, in Canada, like um, the air comes over the, the mountains and it, it cools and you get these giant thunderstorms, right? Like these really powerful thunderstorms. So anyways, right. so I'm departing Calgary and I'm dodging these thunderstorms. And, uh, the plane's just, it's going nuts. So I fly through, I, yeah, I fly, I guess too close to, to one of these thunderstorms and the plane just shakes itself apart to, to the point where I, I think <laughs> yeah. I, I think I encountered an X plane bug cause I handled it everything exactly as I should have to my knowledge and, uh, yeah. my engines, they, I, I, I couldn't climb it. They were at full power and I leveled off and it was it was stalling the plane so it's almost like my engine just lost power but i could throttle all the way up anyways but it wasn't dicing right um it wasn't dicing at all which is which is bizarre that's what i was trying to prevent but i was thinking like i'm Mm -hmm. sitting in this plane that's getting completely shook apart by this thunderstorm and yeah my head is is rock solid Right, it's rock solid in in the cockpit. And I'm like, that's <laughs> that's a little, bit weird.
2: It's a little bit weird.
1: So, I had no idea that XP realistic actually worked in VR and adds that. So, I didn't think I need to get my hands on that.
2: Yeah, it's, be- it's beautiful. Yeah, I haven't I- tried it, but man, I've seen the videos, and and he just he knocked it out of the park knocked it out of the park the the, yeah, the, the hill of summer, yeah. summer helicopter swimming community is like over the moon about it and if the if the helicopter guys are, are loving <laughs> cool. it then you yeah. know it's it's pretty good because they're a they're That's a good. they're <laughs> a picky bunch when it comes to weather and turbulence and Definitely. getting things right as far as flying through the air the feeling of flying through an actual air mass yeah yeah roy did roy did a great job with that plugin. and i
0: don't fly it with vr but i i um i did a review of the plugin um and i i was actually really blown away by it and all the the stuff that he added it was really honestly like next level i've never seen a visual plugin do things the way that he had done it he did a fantastic job so i'd highly recommend it and you you'll have to let me know what it's like because he spent so much time on it i'd i'd love to hear like what you guys think about it as well who are a lot who are very seasoned in vr stuff i'm i'm sure that you'll have a lot to say about it because I, I remember him, having, him talking about having some issues initially with just making it not make you get yeah. nauseous whenever right. it was like moving around a bunch and having to figure that out was like a whole chore. But when he figured it out, he said it was like, it was next level. But um, I also really quickly want to go back to that whole thing you were talking about, Joe, earlier with the altitude. Um, this is an unconventional idea, but perhaps... That might be the solution to people who go on VATSIM and just like fly like complete maniacs. Is you just you start a startup that just gets them VR headsets, so then they're too afraid to do it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's not a bad idea, but that you know that's the sensitivity to that does kind of go away in a in a realistic way. It's almost like um, um, if you started a job and that job made you climb a high ladder you know the first the first week or mm. two you'd be nervous to climb that ladder and then after you've done it 45 times you're just flying up and down the ladder because that's your job you do it every day and and 45 feet off the ground is like nothing to you because you do it all the time well that's kind of what happens uh, right. with this and with real pilots too i mean they lose that sense of danger um oh, yeah. as they're going up in a normal climb now you still don't lose that sense when things are going wrong uh, you know when things are going wrong man it always feels like oh crap i really screwed this up i i, I told you i'm, I'm crop <laughs> dusting right now uh quite a bit i'm writing a i'm writing a plug-in that uh is a crop dusting plug-in it's a it's everything's spraying everything that you could spray like so uh putting out fires and different things you can do all this with this plugin and so i'm i'm doing all these things where it's like i'm I'm so low and i'm going so fast and i'm spraying and and you're you're if you've ever watched a crop duster man they they look it's it's like psycho right but they're in total they're in total control (laughs) but it's like this is like air shows have nothing on crop dusters and i'm doing this i'm doing this (laughs) in vr and uh I'm I'm just learning so much again, all over again about uh, uh, piloting and doing things the right way because they do it in such a methodical way that it's really not a stunt. It's really controlled and it's really this thing. But in VR, unreal. It's like really honestly, it's like the my favorite VR experience so far uh, is is doing this uh this this really low level high speed uh, crop dusting stuff is like unbelievable
1: absolutely i've um that sounds I've got pretty awesome some some really passionate love for uh for air force fighters like fighter jets uh anything anything fast i i love to fly so i'm flying around in the uh in the just flight hawk i think that's my one of my favorite uh planes out there right now Sweet and plan. uh oh it's amazing and uh i'm doing mm-hmm. i'm doing loops i'm doing rolls i'm uh you know, rolling onto, onto target to, to drop some bombs. I'm shooting down uh, aircraft and it's just, it's absolutely insane. The the sense of, of height is unreal. The sense of speed is unreal. Uh, Even like DCS is a better example for this because you've got a true combat sim with proper flight dynamics. So if you, if you yank your stick all the way over to the left, your plane is gonna, it, it's gonna just take off. It's gonna roll. You're probably gonna throw up, right? The only thing that's, yeah, that's uh, that's missing there is the the g-force effects, right? So if you hit some turbulence, your, yeah, I don't know, your your head is in the is in the same spot, right? You don't feel anything on your body. There's there's no punishment for yanking back on the stick and going straight up in in a real plane if you don't have a like a g suit on if you don't have training for that you're gonna pass out right you're gonna probably pass out instantly yeah yank on the stick you're you're done so that's the the biggest setback for me flying fast jets in vr is you don't have that that true punishment of of g-forces that limits your your abilities right
0: Yeah. And I mean, that makes complete sense because I remember hearing somewhere that I think most, if not all modern fighter jets, the only limitation is the person flying them. Absolutely. And that the, like the maneuvers, the, the crazy maneuvers that you see some sim pilots do just for fun, like that would, like the jet could totally handle it and do it so well, but that would kill you. (laughs) Yeah. Like you get, you get
1: into like a, I don't know, like an extra 300S or an extra 350 or one of those really tiny, you know, uh, race aircraft that are supposed to be super, like super maneuverability. Um, Those things will kill you, right? Like they, yeah, there's no gene limiting. There's no, you don't wear a G suit. It's just, it's pure you versus plane. And if you don't respect it, you're you're in for a really bad day and i really wish that mm-hmm. that vr had the ability to simulate that in at least in a less deadly fashion but at least give you some kind of feedback for um for the respect that you're giving your plane right yeah absolutely
3: it's coming it's ready player one you know they had that platform yep. you can walk yep. and run on and yeah i my and back and my say, back
2: is you know. saying that i'm good the way it is <laughs> 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 yeah,
3: this is awesome yeah. guys. This is absolutely awesome. I'm actually excited now more than when I started where we started chatting. Um th- oh, this is the future is, yeah. whether we like it or not. This is going to it's going to I go think here. if
1: if everyone could try VR at least yeah. once. Uh well, sorry, if everyone could have a a good first attempt in VR, um I think I think well VR mm. headsets would would fly off the shelves. And this community would be completely
0: different. Everyone had would have a much different appreciation for for our hobby. Yeah, definitely. I I mean, hearing you guys talk, I completely agree with that. And I, I'm I'm excited to try flight sim and VR for the first time. Maybe I'll be able to soon. Uh, who knows? Um, hopefully, that's something that I can do without having to drop a yeah. bunch of money first <laughs> in order to get into it. But thank you guys so much for for enlightening Norm and I about this whole thing. I, I'm with Norm in the fact that I am definitely a lot more interested in VR than I was when we first started this conversation. So thank you guys so much you're for right that. on. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, make sure to you know reach out again if you want to come back on and talk to us once FS 2020 happens and and tell us all the amazing things that you guys are experiencing when that happens. So thank you guys so much for coming on the show um, and talking to us. It's been really great. Thanks, Sol. Yeah, thanks again. It was a, It was a blast talking to you guys. Absolutely.